0: The Reset Podcast is a show about fresh starts. In business, career, relationships, health, and life in general, sometimes we all go forward to a new square one. Every moment is a new opportunity to begin again, and my guests will tell you how, when, and why they decided to reset their lives. I'm Franklin Taggart. Welcome to the Reset Podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Franklin Taggart, and this is the Reset Podcast. Um, I'm very excited about the guest today. Um, uh, Teresa Funk is uh, a multi-talented person, and I've followed her blog for a few years now. Um, and I discovered it when I was looking for people who um, do like consulting for writers and, and people who want to self-publish. And um, in the in the meantime, I've gotten a chance to meet her in person a couple of times and found her story to be very compelling. And I'm excited to share it with you today. Welcome, Teresa.
1: Oh, thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Um, I'd like to start a little bit. Um, you have been in this business for a long time now, and you've probably seen quite a few changes in the uh, in the overall environment. Can you talk a little bit about your start as an author and uh, where you started and where the interest uh, arose And let us know a little bit about the beginning of of your career.
1: Sure. Yeah. As as you said, it's been quite a while. I actually um, knew I wanted to be a writer when I was in the fifth grade. Oh, wow. And then all through high school and junior high, I got a lot of encouragement from my teachers and my family and friends. And everyone was like, oh, you should be a writer when you grow up. You're really good at this. This is what you should do. And so, you know, I thought my path was kind of set. And, you know, then when I got to my senior year and people said, you know, well, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I'd say, oh, I I want to be a writer. And they'd say, but that's not a job. You can't do that. That's a hobby. That's that's not a profession. And this was news to me because, you know, that's what I thought I was going to do. So that was a big, a big turn. Like, now what am I going to do with my life? And so I got a degree in history because I figured Mm -hmm. if I ever did write, I wanted to write about history. And I graduated with my history degree, still had no idea what to do with my life. And I worked a couple jobs after college that I hated. And I was at each job about six months. And the more I thought about it, the more I, I started thinking, wait a minute, is, is this is this going to be my life? I, I'm gonna work jobs that I hate and I'm just gonna, you know, be bored and, and not doing things that I want to do? And and who said that writing can't be a career like why why am i letting other people tell me what my job can be so i quit my job much to my new husband's chagrin because we really needed that six hundred dollars a month for rent (laughs) and and he's like is this what it's going to be like now so i i started a a freelance writing business without any real knowledge about how to do that but i figured well i'm going to write for newspapers and magazines and and I'm just going to take off running. And I was living in Boise, Idaho at the time. Not a great place to start a freelance writing business because there was only one major paper in town and a couple smaller papers, not not really very many magazines at all. So when we wound up moving to Colorado, that really opened up a lot of doors, lots more opportunities for me as a freelance writer. Yeah. And yeah. so that was 27 years ago when I started my freelance writing career. So. I like to tell kids now, all those people who told me that writing wasn't a profession, and I've been doing it full-time for 27 years. So. Wow,
0: that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a little bit curious, um, were, was, your, was your interest and passion for World War II, is that something that arose from your history studies?
1: Yes, actually, it, it is. Um, all of my books, all seven of my books are, are about World War II. Mm -hmm. And each book is based on a real person that I interviewed, but they're fiction, the books are fiction. The first two books are, are for adults and the first one, a novel, is based on the story of the civilian men who were taken prisoner on Wake Island, which was attacked the same day as Pearl Harbor. And so they were like the first heroes of World War II because they held off the Japanese for 16 days. Then they were taken prisoner and they spent the entire war in the prison camps in Japan and China.
0: And I was actually
1: working for a PBS series at the time. And I was sent out to interview one of the men who inspired the story to see if he was a good interview for our series. This was when I was in college. It was an internship. Mm -hmm. And I just got fascinated with his story that anybody could survive what he had survived and then go on and and live a, a productive life after that. And I was also really interested in his wife who was sitting next to him and you know, she kind of knew his story inside and out. And I wondered, well, what happened to the women in this experience? So when the novel came out, it was based on interviews with 13 men and women. And I took the best parts of their stories and put them in the main characters. So 90% of the story is true. And nobody believes me when I say that, but it, it is, it's a true story. Wow. All and right. then that led to the second book, which is Dancing in Combat Boots. And that's women's stories from World War II, 10 different women that I interviewed. And then that led to the children's series because I started getting invited to go into classrooms to talk to kids about writing in World War II, mostly fifth grade classrooms. And most of these kids have never heard of Pearl Harbor. They've never heard of Adolf Hitler.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: I decided to write a series for them and that became the Homefront Heroes series. And there's five books in that series. So, yeah, very much my history connection. That's
0: excellent. I'm... um... I'm also curious, uh, you, in, in, in your World War II series for kids, I mean, as you were saying, they don't have any connection to that whatsoever in terms of they probably don't know anyone that was, that was in World War II at this point. The kids that are coming up now are a couple of generations separated from it. And I'm, I'm curious as to how do they respond to the stories of World War II?
1: They are absolutely fascinated. In fact, it was the kids who recommended that I write the book. It's when I was at a a school visit, one girl said, this is so interesting. Like, why don't you write something for us for kids? And I had never considered being a children's writer. So I kind of immediately dismissed that thought. I thought I was going to write, you know, adults, uh, books for adults my whole life. Um, But as soon as she said that, I realized, yeah, this, this is a group of people who really, really want to know these stories. And the kids, when I go into the classrooms, I do all school assemblies. So I've got kids, you know, first grade through fifth grade, sitting on the floor of a gym next to their best friend. And you could hear a pin drop when I'm showing the pictures from the war. They're absolutely fascinated with it. And as you said, most of them, it was their great grandparents that were involved in the war. And a few of them were lucky enough to know those people, or maybe they're still alive, but they're in their 90s, you know. Yeah. And then most of the kids, they don't. They, it's just a family story, if it's anything to them.
0: Wow, I, I think uh, the fact that you're you know opening the window uh, to that you know to that study for them is just fantastic. Um, I'm a little bit curious too. Um, when you started out in your career um, writing novels, um, you were you were kind of ready to go the traditional path of working with an agent, trying to find a publisher and ultimately you abandoned that can you tell us a little bit about how that unfolded
1: yeah well that that was a major reset (laughs) um you know when i was coming up in writing traditional publishing was still the the way to go and you know i that's the only thing i knew that's the only thing i'd learned about most of my friends who were writers were traditionally published and i did have agents i actually had four different agents And they were all very attached to the projects and they were all very convinced the projects would sell. And I just had the bad luck of of happening to find these agents who were really good, reputable agents who had different things going on in their lives and were not able to um, address selling my book. And so after having been through that four different times, I started to think, well, the people that I wrote these stories about are literally passing away. Yeah if I don't do something to get these stories out there soon, they're not even going to get to see their story in print. And in the meantime, I had been attending um, classes and, and workshops at Colorado Independent, excuse me, Independent Publishers Association because I had started, I'm kind of a trendsetter, I'm always watching what's coming next, and i had been figuring out that even traditional authors were going to have to start doing a lot of their own marketing. And I thought, well, who knows how to market books? I mean, where am I going to learn that? And then I realized, oh, it's the self-published authors, which some of them were just really starting to come on the scene, mostly nonfiction books. So when I told my friends in the writing world that I was going to self-publish my novel, every one of them told me not to do it, except maybe one. You know, they said, you will sink your career if you self-publish this book. And even my self-published friends were like, oh gosh, fiction, you know, that's a really hard thing to self-publish. We've been successful in nonfiction, but you're going to struggle in fiction. And I didn't think so. I thought that a change was coming, and I thought that we were on the cusp of something. And so I did. I self-published my novel in 2002. And, you know, part of the thinking at the time was that you could not get self-published books reviewed anywhere, and that was was true. You could not get a review of a self-published book. And I said, well, so what? You know, 10% of people read the reviews in the newspaper, 85% read the feature stories. So I'll get feature stories written about my book because it's a true story and that'll launch the book. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Wow. So, wow.
1: you know, I, if I if I listen to everybody, then that book might still be sitting on a shelf. It might never have been published. And now, you know, I've had a career from this because I could see that something was changing. I could see that things were shifting. And now, of course, with self-publishing, you know, I I have coached people in the past on how to self-publish. I have a self-publishing blueprint product that I sell. It's so much easier now and so much more accessible, and so many people are self-publishing that there's no longer the stigma that there once was. So that's been a really nice turnaround.
0: And you are, you've been a real, uh, trailblazer then in that area. Uh, particularly for people that, uh, in, in this area that, that we live in. Um, I'm a little bit curious about also, um, do you, have you always come across, um, the entrepreneurial, uh, aspect of your work uh, pretty easily or has that been something that has been a pretty good learning curve for you?
1: Oh, that's really interesting. Um, because, when you're taking classes in writing or any kind of art, no one tells you that you're going to be running your own business someday. It just somehow slips their mind to let you know that you might want to know a little bit about accounting or about promotion or, or marketing or anything like that. And so I had no idea going into this that I was an entrepreneur and I never would have even described myself that way. Yeah. I was yeah. an artist and, and that's it. And then you start to realize that arts-based businesses are, are typically entrepreneurs. They're usually one person who's wearing many, many hats. And, you know, that's how it got started. And so I did have to embrace a, a business mindset, which is something that I thought I would never have the least bit of interest in, you know, as a history major, as a, as a writer, as somebody who, you know, excelled in my English classes in high school and college, I thought business would be over my head. I didn't think I'd be able to grasp it. And I started out by reading books and talking to people and having consultations. And my husband works in, in marketing at a, at a fortune 500 company. So he was able to provide some insight, but you know, mm-hmm. having million dollar budgets for a product is different than trying to shoestring market your, your little book. <laughs> so exactly. a, sure. a huge learning curve. But what I discovered that is it's pretty exciting when you try to think of new and out-of-the-box ways to promote your work, to market your work, to get it out there, Um, collaborations that you can think of. And, And that is when I started to really enjoy having a business, is when I was able to embrace that being an entrepreneur means that you have the freedom to try things and fail or succeed, and the only person that you are answering to is yourself, which is a really great feeling, I think.
0: Oh, it's a wonderful feeling. It's the best when it goes right.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm wondering too. Um, in in the midst of all of the time that you've been in this, you you you, you published your first novel in 2002, and since then um, the online world has just exploded. And I'm I'm curious as to whether. Um, Mm -hmm. whether that change has been uh, largely positive or has that been a challenging change for you to adapt to in your business?
1: Well, it is definitely, I mean, it's definitely made a big change. Um, When, when things like eBooks came out, you know, at first people were saying, Oh, this is never going to fly. You know, nobody's going to want to read a book on their computer. You know, we didn't even have cell phones and that sort of thing at the time. And so it was a, it was kind of a surprise when eBooks started to do as well as they did and so, you know, there's all these different platforms now where we can release our books and, and a lot of decisions to be made about, you know, do you even do a print book or do you just do an e-book now? And if you do a print book, where do you distribute it? And there's so many channels and especially for self-published authors, so many opportunities. And so it has made things more more difficult because there's more choices to make and more decisions to make. Um, and then, of course, social media and, and all of that is a huge, huge shift because now we're expected to be little social media experts and, and be out there and and promoting our work in lots of different ways. And, and now you've got giveaways that take place on your Facebook page and, and you're trying to figure out how to make all these things work and how to make time for them. So I would say for sure, you know, the internet has made a big, big difference for authors in every way because we're spending a lot more of our time on promotion and marketing and being visible and less time actually writing than we used to. And you could argue both ways that that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's the reality. That's the way it is now. So it's, I think it's pretty interesting. I I find it all very challenging and I like that. Um, but there are times when, when a technology will come up that I'm just not in the mood to learn how to do (laughs) too many of them.
0: Way too many. (laughs) And it's like, just when you learn one, there's another 10 right behind it.
1: Exactly. It's like yeah. Kind of,
0: kind of crazy. Well, um, as far as the book business is concerned, when going back to 2002, when you uh, published your first book, um, what, what medium did you use back then to publish? Did you have them all printed yourself or did you work through a, a third party printer or how did, how did that work for you?
1: Well, at the time, a lot of people, especially for fiction, they were using um, print on demand companies. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. And I used a print on demand company that, you know, they helped help set up the book and do the layout. And uh, I did have an image that I wanted for the cover. So I had that in place and they did some distribution, but pretty quickly I realized that there were some drawbacks to the print on demand system. And so in 2007, a friend and I started our own press. And we took back the rights to my novel and we republished that. And then we published Dancing in Combat Boots and the first children's book in the same year. Wow! And then uh, two years later, um, we split up the partnership and I went my own way and now I have Victory House Press and she kept the original company. And so now we're both doing it and we're both producing books, different kinds of books, different goals for our books. But yeah, so now I have my own, my own press which gives me a lot more credibility, a lot more professionalism, and a lot more freedom. Because with my own press, I can now sell directly to um, museum gift shops or the education market or make deals for bulk sales and that sort of thing that was more challenging and less profitable to do through the print-on-demand um, structure. Right. So right. I think anybody who's really serious about you know, doing well with your self-publishing and having a career in it really does need to start their own press.
0: Are you publishing for other people as well?
1: No, I, I don't publish for other people right now because uh, my business actually has three revenue streams. So speaking, a little bit of consulting, and then the writing and the blog. And so I'm crazy busy with just trying to keep up on the, the different things that I myself am doing. <laughs> so there isn't um, there isn't time or space to be publishing for other people. But on my website, there's lots of resources for writers that will connect you with all kinds of help and support you need, whether you want to traditionally publish or self-publish. And I provide as much support and help for writers as I can on my website. So check that out.
0: Definitely a bunch of resources there. And um, I also wanted to mention that uh, I'd I'd like to talk a little bit about the Self-Publishing Blueprint. Um, That's a program that you've created. It's an uh, online-based course. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how that came about and uh, where people can find that?
1: Yeah, sure. So the the self-publishing blueprint is made in conjunction with my partners at Writing Blueprints. And it's an online course with 30 videos. They're just five-minute videos mostly. And it might be a five-minute video on how to title your book or how to price your book. And so when you get to each step in the process of self-publishing, you're going to have a video and, and PDFs that go along with it that tell you exactly what to do. And I was super proud of this product because what happened with my coaching was kind of filled up and I didn't have space to take new clients and there were people who were really wanting access to all of this knowledge that I have so the blueprint is all of my absolute best information you know holding back nothing all in one place for a really affordable price so it's 167 or 197 depending on whether or not there's a sale going on and it's all right there and you can watch it at your own pace because you have live access Um, lifetime access to the product and so you know even if it takes you a year or two to complete your self-publishing project as you get to each stage you're going to find that information that you need so I'm super proud of that of that and we've been hearing really really good feedback about people so I know it's helping people and that makes me happy because when I started self-publishing as I said not very many people were self-publishing fiction I had to figure it all out on my own and I did make a lot of mistakes and sometimes costly mistakes. And so that was one thing I wanted to help people avoid with this product. Now doing it right the first time is a lot easier than trying to go back and fix things after the fact.
0: Yeah, definitely. Are you you still doing uh, a good bit of consulting and coaching or have you kind of pulled back on that so that you can get back into the writing game a little bit more?
1: I'm not doing a lot of one-on-one coaching anymore. But I am doing a lot of consulting, um, speaking at writers' conferences, or people will bring me in to do workshops or one-on-one coaching for the day at, like, book festivals or art events. So I'm actually hoping to do more of that because it gives me an opportunity to meet with a lot of people at one time, and I love doing it. You know, people would think it it would be exhausting meeting with, you know, 10 people, one right after the other for 30 minutes, but I love it because everybody's got a different question and a different concern, and different skills and talents and i like to try to help them out as much as possible so i am still doing quite a bit of that and then doing the products as well so there's actually on the writing blueprint site you'll find master classes as well on all, all kinds of different subjects like there's a really good one on there on how to write dialogue for example and then there's another one on how to write outside your experience which is a topic that's pretty you know heavy in our industry right now as a writer should you only write about the things you know, or are you allowed to write outside of your experience? So that's a pretty, pretty helpful tool as well. So I'm kind of putting a lot of my focus into that right now. Um, and not as much space for the one-on-one coaching.
0: In a prior conversation that we had, um, you mentioned to me that you were going to put the world war II theme on hiatus, at least for a little while. And you're going to switch gears a little bit and focus on, um, bursts of brilliance. Your your blog and uh, an an upcoming book that's based on um, on your blog. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That's that's certainly a reset.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's a very big reset after 27 years in in World War II. um, Yeah, the 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 last book is the last book in the series, Um, and partly because all of my books are based on real people I interview, and and that they're not very available to me anymore. Many of them have passed away, and a lot of them are not able to talk and and so it kind of seemed like a natural place for me to end the work that I did there. And in the meantime, I've been doing this blog versus a brilliance for a creative life coming up on five years in January. And people really like the blog a lot. It, you know, it provides a lot of inspiration and people will write to me and tell me that post made me cry or, or that post made me so happy. I shared it with all my friends. And so at a certain point you start to think, well, maybe, maybe I need to try to find another way to get this message out there since it seems to be doing some good and I'm happy about that. So I have a book coming out in the late spring and it will be a compilation of the blog posts and it'll just be a very inspiring book to help people tap into the brilliance that you can only find when you engage your creative self. And everybody has a creative self, not just artists, everybody does. And so I'm really excited about that book and it's going to be called 200 222 bursts of brilliance for a creative life and we're working on it right now. So it'll be out and there's going to hopefully be a podcast that goes along with it coming out around the same time. So we've got a lot going on with the, with the new direction, which is um, hopefully inspiring people to feel into their creative brilliance.
0: Very exciting. I count myself among your fans uh, of your blog um, I haven't, you know, I have yet to read any of your books. That's something that I need to correct. Um, yeah. I need to, I need to make sure that I, I get a hold of uh, uh, one or two of your books and, um, you know, experience them firsthand. But I have loved your blog for years and um, still have it posted on my, uh, on my, on on the Feedly uh, page that I use. I want the yours is among the first ones that I see every time that I open my. Oh Feedly. great,
1: that's awesome! Thank you. Yeah,
0: um, let's. Just kind of come to a close here, and I'd like you to to recommend a way for people to find you.
1: Okay. Well, my website, like I said, is TeresaFunk.com. That's T-E-R-E-S-A-F-U-N-K-E. And on my website, you're going to find lots of really, really interesting things about my World War II research, really great, fun pictures of the real people that I base the books on, um, recommended reading for kids about World War II And then all of the writing resources that I'm really happy to share, lots of writing resources on the website. You'll also find the blog there and you can go back and and see any of the posts and, you know, by the titles, hopefully you'll find one that just is the perfect thing that you needed to hear that day and you can click on that. And so the website is also the, you know, the best place to access the blog. And then you can also find me on, on pretty much all the social media channels. So, you know everything from LinkedIn and Pinterest to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Oh, I have a YouTube channel with my writing videos, and so I'm I'm out there pretty accessible, and I'm always super happy to hear from people and and be helpful if I can be.
0: Wonderful. I'm. Um, um, I will include uh, links to all of those social media pages in the description so that people don't have to go running to look for them. Um, and the, the the last thing I'd like to hear from you is. Um, if you were a person starting out now, um, now that you've gotten 27 years in the business, um, if you were just starting over again, is there anything that you would do differently?
1: No. You know, actually, I just wrote about this on my blog post. Um, I've actually written about it a couple of times. The one was uh, a message like, what would you tell your Your younger self and another one was what's the view from your ladder and I think what's really cool about the concept of what's the view from your ladder is which rung of the ladder are you on right now and when you look back you can see how every single step you took led you to right where you are today and and that includes the mistakes like if I hadn't made some of the mistakes I made I would never have gone the directions I've gone or learned the things I needed to learn or gotten as brave as I am now. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really fun to be able to look back at a certain point and see how everything just pieced together exactly the way it was supposed to in order for you to arrive at the place you are now. So I think, you know, I do think it's a journey and I think staying curious and staying um, inspired are the two most important things, that the more curious you are, the better, because then you're always, eager to try something new and and to be willing to either succeed or fail at it. So yeah, I think it's just a journey and I think that we're, we're along for the ride and it's a, it's a fun, happy place to be most of the time, not all the time, <laughs> but yeah.
0: True that. <laughs> well, um, I've, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today, Teresa, and um, I would encourage people To uh, look you up online um, at your website and to uh, join your email list uh, in particular, so that they can be aware of things that are coming up that uh, you're putting out the new, you know, new blog posts and uh, new books that are coming out and things like that. And I'll look forward to uh, 22 Bursts of Brilliance in the spring of 2019. Uh, This actually is going to be our first episode of 2019. So, um, Happy New Year, everyone.
1: (laughs) Yes, Happy New Year.
0: And if. If I might, I would just encourage people to subscribe here as well. Uh, When you do visit um, Teresa's pages, make sure that you subscribe and follow uh, so that you can stay up to date with her. And um, I have taken a look at the videos that you've got on writing and they're just incredible, wonderful resources. And your resource page on your website is full of great stuff. Um, So I would direct people to that as well. So uh, thank you for your time this afternoon, Teresa. This has been a wonderful conversation. And um, I will wish everyone else a fine day, evening, or whatever time of day it is there. And uh, thanks for tuning into the Reset Podcast, and we will see you again in the next episode. Thanks for taking the time to listen to, subscribe, and review the Reset Podcast. The Reset Podcast features interviews, insights, and in-depth reflections that will help you navigate your own fresh start. If you'd like to be a guest or share an idea for a topic you'd like to hear about, please contact podcast at franklintaggart.com. I offer a wide range of services to people who are ready to live with clear direction, new possibilities, greater freedom, and unlimited creativity. If you're looking for a new beginning, I'm available to help you. More information is available at franklintaggart.com. The Reset Podcast is a production of Franklin Taggart and Make Your Own Way Media. All rights reserved.